Okay, all right. Hola, Jasmine. Am I supposed to say it in Spanish? No, just whatever you want. Hola, Hugo. Hello. Who are you? What are you doing here? What? What's going on? When did you, how did you get in here? <laughs> right. Do I introduce myself? Yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm Andres. Happy to be your guys' first guest on this. It's fantastic. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Featuring Andres Cano. Yeah, let's say let's say as long as he's here, he's a guest. <laughs> sure. Just put that everywhere. Um so you're new. Right. I'm new. Uh, to this. And usually at the top of every episode I, I, I talk about the premise of the podcast. So it centers around this person right here, Jasmine. Um you know, I, I always lo- I've loved movies since I was thirteen. That's when I started becoming a film buff and Jasmine uh, was a film buff around 2010, like right before I started, and then she, you kind of stopped caring, right, Jasmine? Yeah. Yeah, and now you're depressed, <laughs> and and you got nothing to do. I have lots uh, to do. Well, you don't, don't do want anything. to do anything, so I decided to like give you some movies, make you watch them, make you talk about them, um, you know, in the hopes to uh, uh reignite yeah the, your love of film again the ones the one that you had before that you don't have right now currently sounds good yeah um and this is like a beginner thing so we're talking about films in sort of a derivative way you know back like how i used to talk about them except jasmine's older so it's a little bit more uh, Dumb down. uh mature you know <laughs> so it's a little bit more <laughs> all of our <laughs> um all right what about you? What's your what's your thing with film? I've never seen a movie before in my life. All right, yeah, three different levels right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say uh, you you like movies, right? Yeah, I enjoy movies. Yeah, I'll say like you're above Jasmine in terms of like film love. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, so it's an interesting like three levels right. of, of 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 film love right here. Um, with that being said, uh, okay, I'm gonna so all right, I'm gonna try to say a different phrase this time. Sure. Never mind. Uh, okay. What movie are we watching today? <laughs> <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> we are watching <laughs> uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. She's been murdered, and you think I did it. Hey! Stop! You're looking so well, darling. You really are. I don't know what sort of cream they've put on you down at the morgue, but I want some. This is Madame D's last will and testament to Monsieur Gustave H. I bequeath a painting known as Boy with Apple. Wow. What? Who's Gustave H? I'm afraid that's me, darling. If I learn you ever once laid a finger on my mother's body, living or dead, I go to bed with all my friends. Of course. All right. Uh, this is directed by Wes Anderson. The screenplay is by Wes Anderson. And the story is by Wes Anderson and Hugo Guinness. Uh, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. It stars uh, Ray Fiennes. Uh, this is all the names that were on Wikipedia and all the names that are in the trailer. Right? Ray Fiennes, F. Murray, Abraham, Matthew Amalric, Adrian Brody, William Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Saoirse Ronan, Jason Schwartzman, Leah Seydoux, 
Tilda Swinton, Tom Wilkinson, Owen Wilson, and Tony Revolori. Okay. Uh, It premiered at the 64th Berlin International Film Festival and was released in the U.S. on March 7th, 2014. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup and Hairstyling at the Oscars. It won for Original Score, Production Design, Costume Design, and Hairstyling and Makeup. All right. Here is the synopsis. The Grand Budapest Hotel recounts the adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars and Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. The story involves the theft and recovery of a priceless Renaissance Renaissance painting and the battle for an enormous family fortune, all against the backdrop of a suddenly and dramatically changing continent. It has a 91% Rotten Tomato score, an 86% audience score. And here's the consensus. Typically stylish but deceptively thoughtful, the Grand Budapest Hotel finds Wes Anderson once again using ornate visual environments to explore deeply emotional ideas. All right. That's what we usually do. I usually spot out, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so, Jasmine. What are, what were your expectations? You never saw this before, this today. Um, right? I saw the first ten minutes. Ten right? minutes yeah, we've discussed like it. Like yeah. two years ago. Yeah. No. No. Like four, five years that. ago. Yeah. Um. What were your expectations from this? Um. I wasn't sure what it was about. <laughs> 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 I it? assumed it was about a hotel concierge guy who romanced. Older women, I think I knew that one of them died. And I, okay, so I kind of assumed that she probably left him something, right? Mm -hmm. I assumed she left him everything. And that was just them hiding from, I don't know, the people, the family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what were your gut reactions after watching this, Jasmine? Um, I liked it. Yeah. What about you? You've seen this is the second time you've seen this, right? I think it's the second time. I've definitely seen it before, but I don't know if I only saw it once before or multiple mm. times. Um, I remember you wanted to go see it in the theaters. Yes. Yeah, and then you didn't, right? Nope. Because we saw Captain America Winter Soldier. Is that what oh, happened? Oh, really? That's what, that's happened. what we watched? Uh, that's what happened. I, <laughs> I was there. Yeah, we were there. And I had never seen the first Captain America. <laughs> yes, whatever you guys want to yeah. do. So what do you think about this movie? I like it a lot. Great, great, great. great. That's the end of the podcast. Fantastic. Uh, no. Wrap so it up, boys. Jasmine, did you write a review this time? <laughs> um, was I supposed to? I just took I, You know, I gave you that first instruction that one episode, and I thought that'd be like an evergreen. I don't remember what? that first episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a hard few weeks for me. Because um, you're depressed, as, we, as, as we've said. Oh shit, we have corona. <coughs> I hear. No, I have a, a wet cough, so it should be just a flu, you know. That's a review. Um, uh, it's a, this is a type of movie that not only would I rewatch, but I would purchase the movie. That's how much I enjoyed it. Wow. 
You, you'd was, buy it on Blu-ray. I'd buy it on Blu-ray <laughs> to watch it whenever I felt like it. Yeah. Did you watch the reviews I sent you? You know, I thought about it. And you didn't? <laughs> and I didn't. Because I was like, uh, he texted them like a few weeks ago. We've texted. I'd take too long to try and find them. Whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, tell me about them reviews. Oh, it's just Red Letter Media and Mark Kermode. You know, we like it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's because you said, oh, man, I don't even know what, what a review is. I don't know how to do that. Oh, is that the purpose? That's what you, yes. It's just like getting you used to, like, understanding <laughs> what a review is. Did I just give a great review or no? Yeah, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Am I supposed to comment? Well, no, no, no. Well, just like to get you into the mood, you know, like watching movies and then watching people talk about movies. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next. <laughs> Um, what do we usually do at this point? I forgot what um, we usually you do. Break it down. We do, yeah. But top. what do you usually? Let's talk about the review. Your review more. Let's get more okay. in depth into the subjectivity. So let's see. I wasn't sure how this movie was gonna go per se. Like I feel like it. It uh the storyline was pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? You can guess it. Predictable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty predictable, but I still really liked it. Um, it's mainly because it's a, a very character-driven story, and they have really interesting characters, and I enjoyed that. Um, it's told kind of like, have you seen The Princess Bride? Yeah. It kind of has has that kind of vibe, right? Yeah. Is this the first Wes Anderson movie you ever it seen? It is the first I've seen, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, all his movies feel like this. Yeah. It's very whimsical, yeah, but surprisingly it. violent in moments uh-huh. that I was not expecting. Those moments, like, like when oh. Jeff Goldblum gets his fingers cut off. Yeah, and then yeah. or when like the prisoners escape and he just starts shanking everyone, <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Well, that doesn't fit with the tone of this. No, yeah. it 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 has it has, it has yeah. very whimsical elements, yeah. and it's rated R, you know. So Is it's, it? yeah, that they say fuck a lot, I guess and they also show naked women. Oh shoot, they do. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, what about your review? Do you have a review? You don't have a review. But uh, let's I give us give planned out. Uh, I think this movie is like a very nice warm bowl of soup. With some fingers. Like it's wholesome? It's very <laughs> wholesome. And it's, co- it's a cozy movie. It's like I can get endearing. comfortable mm-hmm. watching this. And it's also just really nice eye candy. It's very pleasing to see. Yeah. I really like the colors they're used. Lots of, lots of pastels and stuff. It's very nice. Well, see, that's where I would disagree. Well, I mean, it does have pastels, but I feel like the colors can also be considered a little bit garish. Cause what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, like, v- almost like obnoxiously, like, what's the word? You know what garish is. <laughs> <laughs> like, too much? Like, too much. But, like, I liked it, though, because I felt like I, was, I had never seen... Um, it says obtrusively bright and showy. That's what garish is. And it kind of is. Like, I feel like it had very, like, 70s color schemes, even though it's, like, what, in the 18, late 1800s? No, the 30s. 1930s? Yeah. They, they say the years. Well, you know. Because this is a story years. and it's within a story within a story. Yes, yes. So yeah. I, got, I got a little confused there. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I enjoyed the color scheme. I don't know. I feel like I saw more, like, bright colors. Like or lots of oranges, lots of turquoise, lots of purples. Like you know, yeah, like very psychedelic. 
you know to what you're saying, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> that he liked the colors. Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, very... I disagree, and then I, I and then I don't know where you disagreed. <laughs> oh, the, with, I disagree with the pastel. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. I, I do like the color scheme though; it's very um exciting, enticing. Yeah. I uh, think that adds to the whimsicalness, though. It's because it's a very brightly colored movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. What's your guys' favorite scene? Um. Did I write that down? I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. You're like judging. a few days ago. You're right? gonna let it marinate. Yeah. I forgot everything. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot everything. You're always like watch it a little bit earlier so you can like. Yeah. Think to think more. about it. From and I for, I for I I I've forgotten it. You forgot all of it. Ah. Let me think. Andy, you go. First. Yeah, you go. First. I feel um, like you're prepared. I'm, I'm not prepared. <laughs> you're not prepared. Ugo, talk about your favorite. My favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene is. That's a migratory visa with stage three worker status, France, darling. He's with me. Come outside, please. Now, wait a minute. Sit down, Zero. His papers are in order. I cross-referenced them myself with the Bureau of Labor and Servitude. You can't arrest him simply because he's a bloody immigrant. He hasn't done anything wrong. Stop it, Damn it. Never mind, Monsieur. Stop it. Let them proceed. Ow, that hurt. Oh. 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 You filthy goddamn pockmark fascist assholes. Take your hands off my lobby boy! Wait, and then each other? No, wait. What? No, that. Oh, shoot. When, like, they arrest Zero for being an immigrant. Because it's Nazi Germany, basically. Um, you know, and, you know, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, boom, boom, get your hands off my lobby boy. Yeah, I think that that's pretty tense. You know, you could just see Zero's face. Uh, being really nervous and he's holding the little paper that he has that's all uh, sh- you know w- like wrinkled and messed up yeah. and uh, at the end afterwards he Gustav is all like see there's uh, some strands of civilization in this and he's like oh fuck it mm-hmm. my favorite scene I don't think I have one <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I don't know it's not like there's anything that's like wow that stands out for you um no nothing that's nothing stands out nothing absolutely nothing stands out for you. um you you liked it a lot that everything is just great yeah and talk about one that you remember <laughs> i remember um <laughs> nothing no um I mean, I don't know. I don't know. There's. I don't feel like there was a specific scene or thing that was like, yeah, this is better than the others. Yeah. Oh, I guess I really enjoyed that little sequence at um, when there were like the golden keys or something. What was it when they like called all like the, oh. the cross keys? Ivan, darling, it's Gustav. Hello. Well, I wasn't until about five minutes ago. We've taken it upon ourselves to clear out in a hurry. If you see what I mean. Well, through a sewer, as it happens. Exactly. Listen, Ivan, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're in a bit of a bind. This is an official request. I'm formally calling upon the special services of... I'll call you back, Gustav. Right. Stand by. I beg your pardon. 
Do you prefer to walk? We're right here. It's very simple. Straight down the corniche, then left. Jojo, see the gentleman out. Get me Mr. George at the Chateau Lux, please. Yeah. yeah the cross keys. And it's Bill Murray. And yeah. Yeah. What about you? you I already uh, said yours. Yeah, we'll go talk to the one I was thinking of. <laughs> but there's another one that I was really like, and it's when they're first reading the will. Uh-huh. And they find out that... Who's uh, H? I'm afraid that's me, darling. That fucking faggot is a concierge. What are you doing here? I've come to pay my respects to a great woman whom I loved. This man is an intruder in my home. It's not yours yet, Dimitri. Only when probate is granted and the deed of entitlement is You're given. You're not getting boy with apple, you goddamn little fruit. How's that supposed to make me feel? Call the police. We're pressing charges. This criminal has plagued my family for nearly 20 years. He's a ruthless adventurer and a con artist who preys on mentally feeble, sick old ladies. And he probably fucks them, too. I go to bed with all my friends. Where's Celine? What? She's dead. We're reading her will. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I learn you ever once laid a finger on my mother's body, living or dead, I swear to God, I'll cut your throat. You hear me? I thought I was supposed to be a fucking faggot. You are, but you're bisexual. It's like, you are, but you're bi. <laughs> I just really like that line. I think that's very funny. <laughs> yeah. The way he, the delivery for it. Yeah. Adrian so Brody has an Oscar, by the way, just so you know. For no, this wait. movie? No. For the, <laughs> for the pianist, yeah. The pianist. And like, no one remembers that. What a sad, sad. I mean, he was in the village too. Oh my God, he was. So was Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Oh, oh wild. What a weird, what a weird thing. <laughs> That's back when M Night had some respect, you know. And right when he lost it too. And right when he <laughs> lost it too, yeah. Um, you guys have a least favorite scene. Jasmine, do you have a least favorite scene, or is it just also just like that? No, I don't no? think I. I, d- I did not dislike this movie al- at all to be nitpicky about a certain scene. What about you? Yeah, I'll have a scene that sticks out as bad or anything. All or right, all just right. didn't enjoy. Yeah. Do yeah. you have one? No. Fantastic. <laughs> Even if I did, I wouldn't say it. I've, I've said uh, that I'm picking movies that I like and I wouldn't criticize it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's break it down then uh, through different type, you know, different areas of filmmaking. Sure. All right. Let's talk about the writing here. Um, quirky. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think these people talk like real people? No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, Because Wes Anderson says, actually, they're based on real people in his life. Have you read any John Green books? No, but I hear it's uh, also like a whimsy sort of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. it's very kind of like the way people talk. People aren't that like witty and funny and quirky in real life. I think there's moments when people are. And maybe that's where Wes Anderson gets his inspiration from. Mm. But I feel like generally speaking, like that witty banter that Andrew really liked, maybe that will, would happen. But I feel like, I wouldn't say it's realistic speech, but it is very fun. What about you? What, what do you have to say about the dialogue in this movie? I personally really love the dialogue because it's very whimsical and stuff. Yeah. And the characters are witty. It's very enjoyable. But, like, I'm not watching this thinking, like, wow, that guy is really realistic. But I am thinking, like, man, I kind of want to be more like that guy. Really? 
Yeah. Which guy? Gustav? Yeah. You want to have sex with 80-year-olds? 100%. That's yeah. exactly All what right. I was referring yeah. to. <laughs> um, so, well, how would you compare this to Tarantino as we watched Django Unchained? Um, I'm trying to remember. So I feel like one of the things we mentioned with Quarantino is Quarantino. Quarantine. Corona. Quentin. Is that he has very like mundane, everyday topics that he has like dialogue that he has his characters kind of revolve around, and I feel like I didn't really get a sense of that in this fil- film. <laughs> in film. this film, yeah, which is fine because I still enjoyed this movie yeah. a lot more than Django. And you did, I did, yeah, yeah. And the writing is it what I would consider super realistic, but it's very very enjoyable. Yeah. And it's not like they don't take pauses like we talked about in Django. They take a lot of pauses and they take a lot of time in talking about like little details of like how do you treat Django on that 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 uh, what plantation mm-hmm. and here it's like there's no there's not even any pauses yeah like in those the natural pauses in speech I think Quentin Tarantino does really well yeah and in this one there was there wasn't anything of that where people kind of like um, what's it called when the seven off topic. Um, yeah. You go on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And I think you saw that a lot in Quentin Tarantino's writing is that people would go off on tangents and just... Yeah. It would be long, but I feel like it felt natural. And that was good for for his writing style, but I think Wes Anderson also has a really great writing style that fits yeah. with what he likes to do. And his... I'm assuming his style is more whimsical? hmm Yeah. What about you? Do you have anything to add on it? Not really add, but yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I do think both of them are really good at writing dialogue for completely different reasons. I think Quentin's more grounded and realistic. and it, But his is also very, like, I don't know if gritty is the word I'm looking for, but, like, his characters are a lot more, they're potty mouths sometimes, and... I mean, these guys are yeah. also potty mouths, but it has But for di- them, it, it feels, a like, a lot feel. funner. Like, I, yeah. yeah, like... Like, they're not saying fuck uh, in a, like, a... Harsh way. Harsh way. There yeah. we go. Yeah. They sort of like when he says she's shitting like a shitting dog. She's shaking like a shitting dog. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like not usually how people say shit. Like he says it in such a shh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, what about the story structure? I think this is probably the tighter, tightest movie we've ever well, we've seen so far. See, I want to bring good thing you brought that up. Yeah. I also made a note of that. So with Quentin, we're saying how he has kind of like not end slates. But, like, you'll have, like, text, right? Yeah. And that is something people can't may criticize because it kind of, what is it? Because he's not traditionally educated in filmmaking. Yeah, he's not uh, disciplined. Disciplined, that's what you use. And I'm not, I don't know if Wes Anderson is, but. No, he didn't study film either. But he also does the same thing where he has part one, part two, blah, 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 blah. Right? And I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if it adds anything to the movie. But I also don't feel like it takes away. So I don't know if that's just an artistic style that they both have. Yeah. I don't know if that's a correlation to their lack of discipline or if it's just their artistic style. What What would you think? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Because Quentin splits Inglorious Bastards into like chapters like yeah. this one. Um, but that's not like tight like this one. Like this one, it's like actually reading a chronological book. Yeah. And then Quentin is like reading... Um, I don't know, like something by Salman Rushdie. He, do you know who that is? No. Well, he, his structure is kind of like a, you know, like a gooey sort of like 
circle ish you know linear. not linear um and this it's very yeah this is very like bah, bah, bah. Mm-hmm. other than the like the uh the time going back and forth and um and yeah what's it called what's that thing called framing device there we go the framing device what do you have to say oh i have anything to add to yeah <laughs> what do you think about the framing devices you um, know because it's like she's reading a book later when the guy's dead and the guy is writing the book at an older age about a time when he was younger in the 60s. Yeah. About this story that would take place in the 30s. Like, I don't get the purpose of the the first, like, the girl reading the book yeah. and it's as a remembrance of that author. I mean, why can't it just be... I, get, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like that time. What's, what'd you call it? Framing device yeah. wasn't necessary. I think just going back and forth and, like, having the younger author go and visit um, Zero was fine, but I maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or did you think it added to the story, boys? Uh, I don't really feel like it adds anything. I really enjoy the perspective of the author talking to Zero and Zero is telling him because mm-hmm. it feels like this nice old grandpa telling a nice story, yeah. you know, revisiting his life. Yeah. It feels like that, and that adds to the, the coziness of this movie to me. Yeah. So I really like that part. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's supposed to be more immersive for the audience? Like, you are this girl reading, reading the story. That's an interesting way to look at it. I never thought about it that mm-hmm. way. I was really confused when I first saw this on the opening. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. And then we go to, we, we enter another level, and then another level. Because I don't know but if it's supposed to set up, like, this story. You're, the author's telling you this story to mm-hmm. you, the audience. Maybe. I read, because I thought I something about unreli- unreliable narrator. Mm. Something about that. I don't know. And maybe that adds. I, I, there's this video called, uh, it's not called anything, uh, by the movies with Mikey. You know that? No. No. He's a guy who he, uh, wrote video games. Uh, famous video games? He wrote for, what's that one company? Um, Snowflake? Bioware? No. Uh, Mass Effect. Who made Mass Effect? Yeah, Bioware. Bioware. Oh, that's a real name. <laughs> yeah. What? Who made Borderlands? Um, good question. I think he worked for Borderlands or something like that. Anyways, he likes movies. He makes videos about movies. Yeah. Um, and he talked about how this, the sort of unreliable narrator, gives the whimsy things um, a uh, a purpose. Because, you know, you're going so far into it that it's kind of like that's how it's sort of people memorize it, remember it. Because you tell a story and all they remember are like the sort of you mm. soften the edges of yeah. a world and you do that a few times and then you end up with this whimsy, you know, thing where um, you use miniatures for elevators and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. if I don't know if I believe that. Do you buy that? No. You don't buy that? No. So you're going to go with uh, you're supposed to be the girl reading the book. Yeah, that's my theory. <laughs> that's your theory. What about you? I like Jasmine's theory, but I also kind of buy that one. Yeah. That's That seems fitting. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's writing right there. Great. Story. Great. What is the story, by the way? Did you care much about the plot or were you just with it with the characters? Um, I just cared about what happened to the characters. I yeah. mean, I kind of figured where the story was going. More or less. There was a few like, uh, it wasn't like, wow, sh- I wasn't shocked at the end. Well, yeah. I kind of was at the like end end, yeah. Um, but I was kind of sh- I wasn't surprised that the lady 
did leave him the fortune and that she was the owner of the hotel. I kind of was guessing that as the story went along and a little bit before. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I was more invested in the individual characters, especially, was it Gustav, Zero, and oh, what's the girl's name? Agatha. Agatha. I knew it was with an A. Yeah, Saoirse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, even even the villains had uh, their very dynamic characters, I would say. Yeah. Good. I had lots of characters, but I, uh, I liked care. all of them. Was there any time in the movie where you're like, I don't care what's going on right now? No. No? Not even with the plot. You're like, oh, I don't I don't quite understand that, but I'm just going to like not pay attention to it. I don't part. think so. I think no. I actually paid attention to this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> yeah. Even with like the lawyer stuff? Yeah. Of, like, yeah, well. Yeah. I think so. What about you? I enjoy the story, but it's very much more. The story is just there to see where these characters are gonna go, mm-hmm. and what what they're gonna do. Yeah. What? That was me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. I was gonna say. I, I almost forgot. So, uh, the movie solves its plot, and the first four minutes, you know, because it's about boy with apple. Like, what happens with boy with apple? And then when we're with Jude Law, yeah. it shows the painting, mm-hmm. uh, like when Jason Schwartz is like smoking underneath it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? After the fact. After like, the fact. I didn't notice it in like the, when, with, because Jason Schwartz was only in that one scene, right? Yeah. In, in the beginning and in the end. Yeah. yeah. I think I noticed it like, being, eh, probably towards the end, maybe. I don't think I caught it on to it until I was like, oh, shoot, there it is. Did you, Andy? No, you I didn't catch it in the beginning again. What about your second rewatch? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I must have forgot about that because I, I wasn't paying attention to it. And then, like, when at the end they show it again, it's like, oh, hey, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just saw, saw it after he finished telling the story, mm-hmm. maybe. When he's getting the keys or something. Yeah. 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 That's what I noticed. And I'm like, oh, shit, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Let's go on to acting. Uh, do you think people are overacting in this? Um, like William Shatner overacting, or what? What's the baseline? I don't know. <laughs> did did we say Django was overacting a lot? No, I no. Think you, I, this is the first time you've ever commented on overacting. Interesting. <laughs> uh yeah, you know, like. Uh, I mean, there are definitely like more like characterizations of how real people behave but that adds to the whimsical i mean most people aren't super extravagant like or you know like you know you know you know no i don't know (laughs) i just okay so i just feel like i don't know if i'd consider it overacting but it's definitely not i shouldn't say like would you like it's not inside lou and davis which we talked about it's not (laughs) it's not raw (laughs) Uh, it's definitely more like um like it feels rehearsed. Uh, feel free to step in. Yeah, I suppose. Oh, okay. okay, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like they kind of feel like they're playing cartoon characters, mm. the way they act. But I don't think I wouldn't call it overacting because I feel like it fits the script very well. Yeah. I feel like well, no, what does overacting mean? <laughs> <laughs> like if, if they're overacting, but the script acts seem for them to overact yeah. and it goes well, do we still consider that overacting, or are they just acting the right amount? For the script. It's a very good question. 
Because, like, if someone was acting the way these characters are acting in a different movie, yeah, they would absolutely be overreacting. But it's it's the tone that matters yeah, in this tone. Yeah, it fits it very well. If the acting style would have been, like, Django, it would not have fit the tone, and it would have felt, like, very fake. Right? Yeah. Well, I, also, uh, you know, sometimes they, would you say they underact? Like, when um, Gio's are like, who wouldn't, sir? That's a grand Budapest. You yeah. know, kind of like a monotone. Mm-hmm inflection kind of interesting how that works yeah. yeah kind of uses both like there's not a, not a lot of like uh, no in between yeah um what would you guys what, what about the individual performances here um did you think ray fines ray fines was nominated for a golden globe but he wasn't nominated for an oscar who was who were the oscar men that year um eddie redmayne won michael keaton was nominated um that's all I remember. Interesting. I mean, those were pretty... I think he did a really good job. It's very... It's different from what I've seen him in. I don't have it. Voldemort. <laughs> no, wasn't he in, like, the English page? Yeah. Have you seen that? Nah, it looks hella boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing you've seen him is Harry Potter, then, right? I've, I've seen him in that one movie with J-Lo. What's it called? <laughs> oh, with The Wedding Planner? No. Um, yes. Made of... Made Made in Manhattan. Oh, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Does he play the husband? No, the no, ex-fiance, right? He plays uh, like some senator or something. Hmm. Matthew McConaughey is in that, right? No, that's that's, that's the wedding planner. That's, that's wedding pl- well, who's in that then? In Made in Manhattan? Yeah, who's the guy? Lower- Ralph Fiennes. Oh, he's the love interest. Yes. To Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Man, that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, so this is the first movie I ever saw Sersha in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I she was like, eighteen at the time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, you back the what's the name? Tony, Tony. Uh, Something. Tony Revolori. Is that the guy that plays Zero? That's the guy who plays here. He's in uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He's in yeah. Spider-Man, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was watching this. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's that guy. Yeah. Wait, you, you didn't know? I didn't remember him. <laughs> I, I, I watched I this was forever like, ago, yeah. and then I watched Spider-Man, and I didn't know these ones were the two guys. Because when, when I saw Spider-Man, hey, that's the kid from Grand Budapest. That's what I thought. Wow, I, I must have <laughs> forgot. I think I remember you telling me, because I, when I saw it, as I was watching, I was like, I, s- I remember what movie I've seen this guy in. Like something with high school kids or something. I re- <laughs> something with high school kids. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um... Yeah, well, he's he's also like a what would you like? He'd be supporting, I guess, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, supporting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of actors in this movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, and Sersha has a very, very small role. Yeah, very small. But very, very uh, memorable. I say very few lines too. Though. Yeah, I think I only heard her talk in three, three scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, right after this, she got an Oscar nom. So. Yeah. yeah. A lot of white people in this movie. Well, I mean, I don't know. What, what country did it take place in? Germany, right? I have no idea. They said it's been unknown. I think the names are fake, right? Zero Mustafa? No, no, no. no <laughs> not the names of the characters, but, like, the names of the places. Yeah? Yeah, right? Because they say something. And it's, maybe it's German, but it sounds like gibberish. You know? Yeah. Both of those sound the same to me. 
yeah, so nothing like, what would you say is the best performance? Um, you know, obviously, I think, how do you say it? Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes did a very, very good job. Let me tell you, when I was, a little bit off topic, kind of, but when I was watching it, and I was like, that older lady looks a lot like... Tilda Swinton. <laughs> I was like, how weird. <laughs> and then as I was watching the credits, I was like, ah, oh, it was her. Yeah. <laughs> but makeup was really, really well, because she looked really good. Um, but I feel like everybody was really, really good. And I feel like, like, William Defoe didn't have that many, um... He didn't have any lines. Like lines. He, it was because he was like a, he's like a tough guy, silent tough and he, guy. I, I really, really enjoyed his character. Yeah. Probably I think it's the first characters. thing I ever saw him that wasn't Spider-Man. Mm, another Spider-Man connection. Holy shit, that is true. That's true. That's true. Wow. <laughs> and um, yeah, what about you? What's the standout for you? Uh, I did like... Yeah, that main guy. Adam Ray Fine. What's the what's the guy? Adam Brody? Adrian? Adrian. Adrian Brody. That's him yeah. someone else though. I, I also I thought he delivered his lines really well too. Like the few things he had I think yeah. were very I'd say he's the most grounded character. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The more normal. Yeah. The more uh, realistic. Like the way that he talks and then um, you know. He's also a villain though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's probably you know, it's probably a connection there. Where you act the most normal and then you're the bad guy yeah yeah sounds good yeah. most people are good is that what you're trying to say <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah is that it for performances yes yeah all right let's go with the score so the this one for best original score um we never we haven't talked about score yet no we because haven't. we didn't mention it in Django because Django doesn't have much of a score has a soundtrack mm-hmm. um uh, you know, soundtrack is the music already exists, and mm-hmm. then you just put it in the movie. Okay. And score is what's originally made. And then Inside Lou and Davis also didn't have much of a score. It was just the songs yeah. that were being played. So we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. But this is the first movie we've seen with, like, a really distinct score, I'd say. Did you notice the score at all, Jasmine? Um, well, there was a scene where I noticed it, and I think that's when they were making their way after Gustav had escaped prison. There's a little sequence where there yeah. was like something. I think that's the only time I noticed it. Really, no, no other place. I don't remember, so I, I don't think s- I. I don't think it registered. Not like, even oh, the. No. What about you? Do you notice different elements of film, by the way? Like, do you notice like camera movements and stuff like that? A little bit. So I, I, I did take a technical film class a right, little bit, yeah. but it was mostly focusing on the literature. Uh-huh. And, but they spoke a little bit about camera stuff, and then yeah. I, I kind of look at it, but I that part hasn't clicked that well for me, I feel. Yeah. So All I right. kind of try to look at camera stuff. So we'll see what happens throughout this podcast. Yeah. Alright. Uh, but did you notice the score? Uh, yeah. No, nothing like particular stood out, but I just thought like it fit really well. The score itself is also very whimsical, like the rest of the movie, and there's parts where I felt feels really cozy. Yeah, yeah. This this is by Alexandre Alexand Desplat, <laughs> who did the scores for Shape of Water and. Um, oh, nice. Uh, I should have written down movies that he <laughs> did. Uh, he's done a lot of movies with like interesting scores where you like notice mu- the music. 
Um, Little Women. He did Little Women. That's what he did. Yes, he did Little Women. Um, he was nominated for that. Mm. Yeah. So they that's won, right. The score, whatever. What one? Joker won. No, no. No, for this one. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he did win. This was his first Oscar win. Nice. He talked about how he was never going to win an Oscar, mm-hmm. and then he won an Oscar. Nice. He's nice. like, this is probably the last time. And then he won an Oscar for The Shape of Water. And then he said, this is probably the last time. <laughs> and this is probably the last time. <laughs> uh, let's talk about directing, which is more like, uh, you know, broader I feel like directing is the one I have a harder time. Yeah. Because it seems more... Uh, do you remember what I told you what directing was? The director just goes, I want you to do this. I want this to look like this and sound like this. Yes. Make yeah, it yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Snappy. That's what, that's what directing is. That's what Quentin Tarantino told me anyways. Uh, Should we believe him? Yeah, why not? <laughs> he is a director. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of like the whole presi- pres- precision thing? You know, of like everything based, everything's like perfectly timed and like all the detail is there. You know what I mean? Vaguely. Vaguely. Like, give me a scene specifically, maybe. Um, and then maybe... I can kind of have an idea of what you're talking about. So the, one of the opening scenes is after Tilda Swinton leaves mm-hmm. and then Ray Fiennes has the quarter right here and then Zero keeps you know going like this with his hand like he keeps like up and reaching it mm-hmm. a few times and then Ray Fiennes is going blah, 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 do this, 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 and that and he's like, and then you know Zero leaves and he's like, wait a minute, who are you? I'm Zero, you know. Uh, you know, and then that whole thing, you know, yeah. the whole timing of all of that and then he he's like should i go light the candle he's like what no you know yeah that you know think about it in that terms that's directing yeah that's directing <laughs> you just tell your actors to do that and then you tell the the I camera mean, guy where to go so this is the thing with directing that i kind of i guess where i'm confused in like you can tell people to do this and that mm-hmm. and i guess you also have to be a good communicator but i'm i feel like you don't really see the results. I don't see. I feel like. Is it more reliant on the actor? Is it more reliant on the cameraman? It all comes together in a harmony. So, like, let's say. Is he like the conductor? He's the conductor, yes, in an orchestra. He okay. is the conductor, putting everything in that together. Sense, I feel like he's probably a very good conductor because I feel like it's. The movie's very snappy in how it delivers lots of things. Yeah. So I feel like it's very cohesive and I feel like a lot of stuff happens in the movie all at once. Yeah. So I feel like he probably has a good idea of how it should flow for it to seem seamless, I suppose. Yeah. But I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like his style is yeah. also like part of the directing. Yeah. Because it's not like the cinematographer comes in and like, I do this. Mm-hmm. The director tells him what to do, right? Because mm-hmm. the cinematographer of this also did like... Um, bridesmaids and spy and stuff oh, you know okay. so it's like the cinematographer is there to just meet the um yeah. what's yeah. called the demands of the, the demands of the director yeah. Really, yeah so all of that is is due to the director you know yeah i i, I really enjoyed his uh style yeah is that what what does that pertain more his writing style or his directing style? Uh, is that uh, does it encompass the it's both? both of them when it's writer directors it's both of them okay. yeah what about you Anders? I mean, I've only seen a couple of Wes Anderson movies, but he has a very distinctive and clear style, and yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's like um, 
Like it's not surreal, but it's I don't know how to describe. Whimsical. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's, 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 it's like porn. That word you know? a lot, but it's like porn. You like you know it. What? You, if you see it, you know it's a Wes Anderson movie. You know, like if you see porn, you know it's porn, right? Sure. What? Yeah. <laughs> but like if and if you see a Wes Anderson movie, you know it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. <laughs> Um, let's go down to cinematography. So, uh, I was hoping that you'd be able to notice more of the uh, camera angles oh, yeah. and like the framing and stuff. What are you looking for? My notes. Okay. Uh, because you said that you the past two movies you said hey, I wasn't really like I couldn't yeah. really see any of that. And because this is so stylized and so like specific, mm. I was hoping that you'd be able to like notice oh, yeah. a lot of stuff. It's it's very uh, there's a lot of very obvious things that yeah. he does. With the cameras. Go on. So they go, what's, I don't know how to describe Pan. when they, yeah, it pans out. He does that a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Or he'll kind of like zoom, not zoom in, but like, kind of like take you through various passages, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, give us an example. I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> Why did I say nail polish, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, because uh, of the I nail like polish that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's our favorite scene. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember um, what scene it was. It was probably after the nail polish scene because I was writing this. Yeah. But there's a scene where he like, oh, I think it was in the kitchen. Yeah. Kind of like it pans out and then it zooms into them and it kind of zooms back to the other, the butler or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there yeah. was something and I was like, okay, I can, I can really notice how he kind of moves his camera in a very fancy way. Fancy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Andres? Uh, I feel like Wes Anderson has this thing where a lot of his shots are like I don't know what the right word for it's like centering everything's centered yeah yeah, yeah. symmetry the symmetry so, so yes and they always have really cool shots that look like they could be stills like you can take a picture of that and you could mm-hmm. just it's a perfect picture yeah. now and he also like stays a lot in, in that one shot yes where I like you that. Can, yeah where you can just like see everything um so na- wait, wait. There's also like a lot of black bars, and they would change. Oh, because in the okay. beginning it was yes. like full, and then it was like yeah. don't, don't. And I was like, so what is uh, this is here? that's called aspect ratio, which okay. we've talked about for a, li- a little, very briefly. Uh, so let's not get into the specific numbers, sure. but uh, the aspect ratio for like the stuff with Gustav mm-hmm. H, that's called the Academy ratio, because that's what movies used to be, right? Like in the 30s and 40s. Sure. That's how it used to be all of them, right? That's how old TVs used to be as well. Mm-hmm. And then in the 60s, where it's Jude Law, okay. uh, you know how the bars oh, are, shoot. what's called, horizontal? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Cinemascope, which mm-hmm. is how, you know, like a lot of musicals in like the 60s and movies in the 50s also started, you know, to get uh, made that way. Uh, just as a, I'm going to go on a little tangent real quick about that aspect ratio because uh, TVs became a thing during that time. And people stop going to the movies because they're like, why do I have to go to the movies? Yeah. There's a TV right here. Um, so then it's like, we, well, we got to do something else. So basically, for a while, all they did is they got like two film strips of the Academy ratio and just like flipped them like that. And that's how they shot a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously like um, the 16 by 9 sort of thing. That's like the TV. Yeah. Like the TV shows are shot in that way yeah. now. Uh, that's modern. You mm-hmm. know, that's like a modern thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I would see it switch between, but now I guess it makes sense that... Yeah, because of the time frame. Yeah, the time frame. Okay, that was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you were you just confused the whole time? I was just like, why why is he making these decisions? <laughs> I was like, I guess I don't know. I could I couldn't rationalize it in my brain. Yeah. What did, did did you I'm assuming you didn't know anything about aspect ratios the first time you saw it? Uh well I learned about aspect ratios before I got into film because wow. of computers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I I kinda You kinda yeah, yeah. yeah right. So yeah, so you you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. I have film history as one of the tags on this because of, you know, the little tangents I do of, like, why something is that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not a film history podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's cinematography for you, Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. And now, do you think uh, you can notice it after, from this? I feel like this one's a very, very specific situation. obvious <laughs> It's like, hey, yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I see you. Yeah. I don't know if I would notice it in any other movie, though. Yeah. And do you know what framing is now with, like, the actors? And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Right. So that's good. It's a good lesson, too, because Jasmine was really confused. and like, what's framing? I'm like, you know how you put the actors in places? She's like, not really. Um, but now that, you, now that you noticed it in one movie, maybe it'll snowball. Maybe it'll carry over. Maybe it'll maybe carry over. Yeah. Maybe it'll carry maybe over. Maybe it will carry over. Um, let's talk about editing, which is the trickiest thing. I think it's the trickiest thing to like notice, especially something like this, where it's not obvious with the editing, you know, it's not a lot of cuts in it. Uh, not a lot of fast cuts anyway. Tell me what you thought about editing in this movie, Jasmine. Editing. Um, it was nominated for film editing, right? Is that? I still I see this as a little and I still don't understand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, is editing does it? Because you've told I mean obviously when we're covering the Oscars and the other pod. Yeah. You're saying that oftentimes the winners would be whoever has the most editing or who has the most whatever. Yeah. Does this have a lot of this, <laughs> editing? Uh, this does. I think you know every time we talked about the camera whoops. Yeah. Where it goes like that. Every time it does that, that's a there's a cut right there. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Uh, there's a cut right there and stuff. You know, like the, uh, the another way to to put it, not not in terms of the Oscars, but back when I was like 15 and watching filmmaking videos. Yeah. Uh, there's this one guy. His name is D. Four Darius, and he was talking about editing, and very basic terms. He's all like, everyone asks him, "I don't understand. Like, I'm not seeing anything here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the point of editing is that you don't see it." Uh, you know, like a really good yeah. editing is editing you don't see, where you just you know enamored with the movie. I guess. What about you? Do you notice cuts at least? Uh, not really. No, like when it cuts from one shot to the other. I mean, is that a bad thing? No, that's, that's where I'm at. Where I'm like, I mean, is it bad if you notice it? Yes. Depends. <laughs> I'd say. What are you saying, Andy? Sorry. Like. I notice when cuts are happening. Yeah. But, like, I have a friend who always complains to me about movies. He's like, oh, man, this movie has so many bad cuts. And I'll be like, if you say so. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what you're referring to. I don't think what's, I would know. What's what a from. bad cut, then? What's a bad cut? Uh, watch a Mexican telenovela, <laughs> and then you'll notice a lot of bad cuts. Okay. Where, uh, like, the... So... Uh, sometimes when someone's having a conversation and you have one camera over here and then uh-huh. the other camera here and then 
you you could just feel like the awkwardness and the unnaturalness of it all being created from the editing. Okay. So like, uh, so like you, it, let's imagine the cutting and editing has to be conducive to like natural eye movement. I don't know. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly, Jasmine. Go yeah. on. Well, that, that also was... have to do then with the framing, because obviously you frame it, and the cuts kind of have to match framing so that it makes sense how it would flow naturally, like if you're yeah. just looking at something. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Very exciting stuff in here, Jasmine. Thank you. You got it. I'm very I smart. think <laughs> I think you know more, because I feel like I always go, "Do you know what this is?" And you're like, "No, I don't know anything." And then, but you do know kind of a little bit. What I think is. I just need. Uh, a general guide and then i can kind of make those connections yeah. but a lot of it i'm i'm also building off of what you've told me yeah uh what about you what do you think editing is uh, <laughs> what like, is editing like a very t- technical definition or what you asking no just for? like in, in general like what do you think it does to a movie what do you think uh editing can do to a movie you know? oh my god that's still more than i was expecting what about uh, you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll have to answer that I mean, like, I feel like it'll help it flow smoother, yeah. right? The better the editing is. Yeah. That That's all I really know <laughs> about editing is what's uh, its purpose. A lot of people call editing the final draft in terms of, like, story. Because mm-hmm. you also, like, cut stuff out, right? You yeah. also, like, you can change an entire story structure just by editing it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, is it like when those people post those, like... This movie, if it was Fifty Shades of Grey, have you seen that? <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't know, but like I've seen stuff like where it's like, um, if, uh, like those trailers where people like mess with the tone of like if Up was a thriller or something or yeah. horror movie, yeah, is that what you mean? Yes. Yes, that's yeah. You can like make up tone in editing as well. Performances also change in editing, by the way. Mm. You can you can change performances. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so the last thing I have, which is the thing I always ask, what time is it? What time? What time? It's, like it's seven fifty-two. We talked about fifty-two minutes. That's not bad. Yeah, I'm gonna cut it down. So we'll see how much that is. Uh, what didn't you like about it? What could have been worked on? But you guys have said you've liked everything about it. So, I don't. Let's see. Worked on? I don't yeah. know. Um. No, I don't. Nothing. I don't think so. This is the the your favorite movie so far. Yes. How about you, Andy? Is this your favorite movie so far? <laughs> yes. This is the best movie we've talked about on this podcast so far yes. that I've seen. Perfect. All right. What about you? No, I always said I'm not. I'm never gonna answer that. <laughs> Why are we answering that? Like, what is this? Because it's it's about learning <laughs> to talk about movies. I you mean, know? all right. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say something, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. What are you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, well, I, I feel like obviously, like, maybe the reason I didn't like, like, Luna and Davis wasn't necessarily for, like, what's it called, technical mm-hmm. reasons, more like, it was just not, I wasn't just not feeling what it was trying to sell, or mm-hmm. buying what it was trying to sell. Well, this is all subjective, Jasmine, this yeah. is all subjective. So, but we're right in every sense. I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right, what would you rate it out of five stars? <sighs> Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and three quarters. Four and three quarters. <laughs> Four and a half is nine. So yeah. Okay, okay. What about you? Out of five stars. Probably give it five. Yeah. 
I'd give it a five. Ooh, yeah. I forgot how much I liked this movie. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. I think yeah. my mom would even enjoy this movie. Yeah, even though, like, it's a there's violence. <laughs> it's, it's about loneliness, right? Is it? Oh, because that's what Zero Guy is? <laughs> well, also Gustav is lonely. Oh, well. shoot. But they had a good time, though. Yeah. And that girl is alone as well, reading the book. She probably has no friends. Yeah, She's no going more. to the grave of that one guy. Maybe she had a free Saturday morning. She's also punk, you know, so maybe she's emo. <laughs> she kind of looks emo, right? Sure. As a part of it. Sure. Um, like, uh, what's his name? Zero is also, like, really sad. And then, and then he, when Jude Law comes in, he's, like, a little excited that someone wants to talk to him. Oh. Oh. Jude Law is... There's no, like... Yeah. Well, Jude Law is in a lot. Um, he has kids. He has kids, yeah. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. I get the dies. It's pretty sad. So does Gustav. So does Gustav. Yeah. He dies like, in, <laughs> like we see him the, the right before his death. Oh, that was another, I think, uh, kind of like, is that part of editing? Because everything was super brightly. And it was black and white. And that was black and white. So he yeah. kind of knew it was something bad was going to happen, right? Yeah. Because that also changed kind of like the tone of the movie where mm-hmm. it was heading. Yeah. Um, I don't really even. Interesting uh, style. Yeah. Yeah. I really like how the deaths are off screen and just kind of like mentioned. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's they they die. Yeah. Except for um, William Defoe. No, the um. Oh, the head. No. The prisoners when they shanked. Oh yeah. When he yeah. shanked them, yeah, yeah. That's what I was like, man. What what am I? What's the word for those people in jail? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. By the way, that's a. <laughs> I also love that scene where. Ray finds is like hanging off the hill and then Willem the first stepping on it and yeah. then he's like reciting poetry like he looks like he's accepting death yeah. and then Zero comes in pushes him off he's like holy shit thank god you got him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot of humor is like that in this movie where yeah. it's like sort of like what's that word what do people say about The Last Jedi a lot subverts your expectations there you go <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, where yeah, where it like goes somewhere away from normal. Anyway, um, any last thoughts about this? No, it's a good time. You guys okay. should all watch it. I mean, if you guys are hearing this, you probably have watched it, or else <laughs> we ruined you, everything. Yeah, a lot, a lot was spoiled too. <laughs> yeah, this is for uh, you know, this podcast for people who are just getting into movies. That's my uh, target audience. Nice, nice. Where it's like, um, there's not a lot of. This is more stuff than when I was getting into it, like back in 2012 or whatever, where it was like, uh, here's uh, Schmoes No, here's Chris Tuckman, uh, you know, barely. You know, he's still like getting his footing. He's Jeremy Johns, and he's YMS and RLM, and that's it. That's all your options. And now there's a bunch more, but they're still not all great. So, you know, I'm trying to. I'm awesome, so. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. You know, and I feel I'm just trying to give people a thing, a, 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 a to focus on subjectivity and their feelings towards film. Anyways, next week we're watching Mad Max Fury Road, one of the best movies of all time, according to a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. Over the past decade as well. Wow. Yeah. Were you watching it the other day? Was I watching it the other day? I was watching. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it. Um, you guys haven't seen this. Neither, yeah, neither you guys have seen this. Uh, I saw it with my mom. My mom liked it. 
and my mom's my general audience. So. What's that thing? Guide. Guide. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if she liked it, most people can like it. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Um. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye, friends. It was an enchanting old ruin. But I never managed to see it again. <laughs>